What's up, my chaotic crew? Bentley Michaels here. Oh, we are in the last week of solo bolos, and I gotta say, I'm very, very excited for this one, and you should be as well. Ooh, does the title tell you anything? <laughs> Enjoy, folks. And please tell a friend. Uh, also, if you want to hit us up on our Patreon just for a dollar, we've got a Discord server. We've been talking with the folks. We've got, uh, you know, we've got listeners starting their own DD podcast. It's amazing. So come on over, hang out with us. And, uh, you know, if you haven't already, leave us a little review over there on the old iTunes, on the old Google Play. But my chaotic crew, let's get into this episode. I'm so very excited, and you should be as well, because <laughs> I do declare this episode to be right nice. In a vast landscape full of adventurers, you are now listening to the world of Chaotic Amateurs. Welcome to Chaotic Amateurs, the internet's number one D&D 5e podcast. I'm your host and DM, Alex. With me today, I have... Rhett as Zephyrus. Yes. And last we left our lonely Zephyrus, he had been shuffled off of his mortal coil... Dead. ...by a toucan-looking warlock, and we haven't heard much from him. Let the adventure begin. It lost its fizz because of the. Because I dropped it. <laughs> that was a bad omen. <laughs> but it makes sense for today's episode. Because Zephyrus. The soul had left the can. Yeah, exactly. And now I've got two cans. Two cans? <laughs> I'm back, baby. All right. Let me try this off. Okay. Last we left you, Zephyrus, you had been struck down by what your friends are now calling Chimali, a warlock under the control of something beneath the Chateau de Magnus. That's all far away to you now. Uh, what you went through immediately was falling. When your soul when your soul left your body, when your body died, you fell away from that small plane and into not the material plane, but further into the abyss. Almost like something, you know, like a video game had glitched out, you just fell beneath this floating island and continued to fall until it was gone in the distance in the in, in the sky. And as you fell, it seemed like Days were passing by. You you couldn't uh, control your sense of time. You couldn't understand what was going on around you. And these just images of creatures and scenes would pass by for a period. All you would see are just multi-legged and limbed aberrations. Uh, 
fires that were seemingly living towers of fungus and slime that grew up to the tops of ceilings until finally you began falling towards a great storm. And as you fell, it got closer and closer. You understood that, but it didn't seem like it was. The eye of it far off, you fell for a long time until unconsciousness took you your memory was no longer there something and you hit with a thud onto the stone below you dust coming up up above just blanketing the area here you get up you look around you look at your hands and they are black like charcoal These little lines that you remember on your body are still there and still the places you remember, but they're almost a darker black, somehow just taking all color away. You look around and it's just gray, dull, every direction. What do you do? Well, hello there. Well, hello. I'd like to do a perception check. I mean, what what does the landscape around me look like? You said I hit the stone, but is it just like every direction stone or is it like Yeah, give me give me a perception check just to kind of take a look around and then I would say give me an investigation check after that. You're taking a while. You know, you've got time on your hands to to spend here. 18. 18 perception, yeah. Taking a look, it seems like all around you is is similar. It's all this, this just gray dust covering the ground. Further off, something like miles away, you see the slow turning of this storm that you're in. You're in the eye of some sort of storm. And you see the winds and the clouds and the lightning just slowly moving this wall that you cannot tell how high it is. Uh, Above you is just kind of this dark fog. Ever so often bits of light appear up there. Um... Some of them random, just sh- you know, sh- you know, shining. Some are streaks of light that go across, but just faint, tiny little things, you know, impossibly far away. Uh, give me an investigation check as you kind of check your surroundings. Uh, Seventeen. Seventeen. Yeah, yeah, because you're you're taking your time with this. You you know you aren't really sure what's going on, and you're not sure where you are. Um, as, you, as you're walking, you, you make tracks in this dust that's on the ground, and you kind of push some of it away, and there's like two, three inches of this fine powder that just covers this place. I'm kind of imagining like the regolith on the moon, maybe? Maybe. Don't know what the... I haven't been to the moon. <laughs> but yeah, you kind of brush some of the dust away, and, and beneath is just this 
smooth stone, almost unchanging in height. Ever so often, it just kind of curves a little bit. Uh, you find some pieces of something, like stone from elsewhere, um, a piece of metal off of something. There's odd little little flecks of other things in it, at least in the immediate surroundings. I'm inclined to begin walking. Is there a specific direction that when I was kind of gauging my surroundings seemed more interesting than another, say this, the, 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 the wall of the, the, the eye of the storm looked different, or maybe there was one side that was more lightningy than another, or one that, Looking around at the wall of the the storm, it does seem fairly homogenous where it's so big that any sort of identifying feature kind of is lost in the immensity of it. Um, I would say, given your perception investigation checks, there's a bit of a wind... And it does kind of go a certain direction. It's slow, and it does change a little bit, but there's kind of a cone, you know, probably like 30 degrees, that it's kind of going, the wind's going that direction. Now, Zephyr's saying the biggest thinker. He's wondering if he should find the source. Probably the storm, obviously, but... uh, I'm I'm sensing a departure from the connection to nature the way that that Zephyrus felt before when he was blue. (laughs) Um, But I think that there's something about the wind that he's going to just kind of let it guide him, push him along maybe, see where it goes. Everything looks homogenous. I mean, the the, the storm looks impossibly far away. What has he got to lose? So Mm -hmm. before he walks, though, he takes his finger. um, Does he have his pipe? Yes, he does. Aha! Well, he protects his pipe from the dust, but he uh, takes his finger and he draws an arrow in the in the dust, mm-hmm. and he marks the bottom of it with a Z, and he begins walking. All right. Uh, yeah, you begin walking that uh, that direction, following the wind. It changes a little bit, um, but does kind of seem to kind of guide you at least in a in a direction um you know kind of curving to the left a little bit ever so often it seems kind of changes as you're as you're walking and you you walk for a while uh again time is a weird thing here and kind of as you start walking you immediately realize you've been walking for 20 minutes you're a mile away five miles away it is hard to pin down here um, give me a perception check as you're walking. You're kind of taking a look around to see if there's there's anything. A one. A one. Technically a zero. If you Ooh, wanna. that's even better. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Oh, no. Um, as you're walking... Uh, you do you do kind of begin to hear some odd 
sounds. There's the the rush of wind. There's the far off, just low rumble of whatever this storm is. Um, but just odd, like you kind of hear a voice, maybe. But no, that was in your head. Or you hear footsteps, but no, that's definitely in your head. That's my footsteps, you think. Uh, and and your paranoia gets kind of the better of you as you're kind of like walking backwards the direction you're going. And you trip. Make a dexterity saving throw. 17. 17? Uh, you don't fall prone, but you do kind of trip over and catch yourself as you have just hit the back. You've just bumped into some small little creature. And it bumped into you as well. It seemed to be just as paranoid and rolled a one as well. And you both... It it falls on the ground prone. It's got this massive, like, sack attached to its back, and it's got this one central eye and these long arms that have just two, like, foot-long claws at the end of it. And it just kind of looks up at you and just goes... As it's kind of prone, kind of on the bag, kind of turtling a little bit. Do I... Oh, it's turtling? A little bit. Um... Yeah, I um, I flip it over, back onto its front. Okay. Yeah, and, and it kind of gets to its feet, and it makes kind of like hunkers down and just kind of looks at you. Well, hi there, little fella. And as you kind of speak, it backs up. It's oh, just, it's it's just kind of looking at. There's nothing to be afraid of. Um, do I have all my gear with me? For, yeah, for the most part, it seems like you do. Like, I check my pockets and I got some rations, maybe. Yeah. Okay, yeah. So I, I kind of reach in for my, my trail food, whatever I have, maybe a, a piece of dried meat or salted something or rather, and I, I, I pull it out and and I kind of hold it out to the, the creature. As, as you begin to hold it out, it immediately grabs for it to take it. Oh, yeah, I let it... I, I, I see it lunge, I kind of drop it and back away. <laughs> and he puts it into the bag, and he sees the pocket you, you, you put it from, and it grabs the, the pouch that you pulled it from as well, grabbing that. <laughs> well, hey there, little fella. I try to I try to pull away. All right. We'll do a sleight of hand check on his part if you want to contest that with a uh, ability. Um, yeah, if I contest it with sleight of hand, it's a 10. It got a 22. <laughs> of course. <laughs> Snatches it away and goes, <laughs> And well, just puts it means, in his bag again. Yeah, that's all <sighs> yours, friend. Oh, You're the first living soul I've uh, seen in this desolate place. I uh, feel rather lost and disoriented. <clears throat> Say, you weren't speaking earlier, were you? I think I heard <clears throat> some. <clears throat> you were speaking. <clears throat> you, you weren't speaking? <clears throat> Speak. Oh, my, <clears throat> my goodness. By cords, fluffy beard, you do speak. You understand uh, the common tongue. Yeah. Oh, well, wait a minute. Do you speak another language? And I, <laughs> I, I try primordial, for example, is one that I can speak. Uh, it knows a few words in primordial. Is it clearer, or should I? You know, do I get the do I get the impression that I'm, maybe common is a better? I mean, it's it's. I don't know. 
I don't recognize that dialect. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's an odd... It's an odd dialect. Mm. Uh, it's, it's about the same either way. Okay, you're, you're, you're kind of trying out some primordial phrases on it, and it's, it's looking, looking you over, looking at the stuff you have, and, and what do you have on your person that's just kind of showing? Um, well, for one, I, I probably got my pipe in my hand. Okay. Um, that, that's the one thing that comes to mind. I, I, I have a, a dagger on my hip. Okay. Um, your hip. Got your fancy clothes on. A, yeah, a I think I'm still wearing supplies. the black, the black leathers. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, you know, Zephyrus is, you know, he doesn't carry much. I mean, he has his bag of supplies, obviously. Mm-hmm. But As otherwise, every good he, adventurer should. Right. But he kind of depended on Wilhelm to like carry True. stuff, you know. Um, so yeah, as as you're kind of going through some primordial, primordial phrases, uh, this little odd creature goes after your dagger as well, and tries to take that. And I got a twenty-one. Uh, yeah, he beat like, me. Yeah, he just grabs grabs the dagger kind of between these two claws and goes. <laughs> Well, all right. I never used that dagger to begin with. I will admit I learned in wilderness school that a sharp edge is... What do you got there in that bag back there? Mm, Oh, I don't want to take nothing from your bag, but perhaps you can accompany me and hold my dagger for me. That seems like a... Really? All right, then. (laughs) Well, what do you know about this place? Is there a... Where do you call home? You lay your head down somewhere comfy there? Mm -hmm. I'm just wondering... uh, I've been wandering around here for some time, and uh, I ain't got no place to go. I mean, perhaps... And he kind of looks around. Give me some sort of check to persuade this creature. It seems persuadable. You've been easy picking, so it's pretty happy. (laughs) (laughs) I rolled a 19 persuasion. Okay, okay. This odd, creepy thing is, says, yeah, yeah, I'm there, and kind of points a direction and starts going that way. I let it lead the way. I keep a healthy, you know, uh, social distance uh, sure. between me and it. You kind of start veering off to the right uh, a bit, and you begin walking for a while, Uh it after a little bit of of kind of um leading it doesn't like that cuz you it, it, the bag is is you can see its bag really well and he kind of pushes you in front of him oh i have no use for material possessions i am a a rich person back where i come from you understand what the term rich comes from i don't carry my possessions on me and i don't need any I trust mm. bankers and lawyers. Bag, 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 and he he puts his his two claws really close together. Bag, little bag. You have a little bag. Mm. Bag, and he uses both of his hands. Oh, you've got a big bag. <laughs> I have a little bag. So you think I'm going to take from your big bag? Mm. Uh, well. I appreciate that you think that of me. I do not think you have anything in there that I'm going to need. Um, <laughs> I'm happy to walk side by side as equals. You seem like you... Uh, no, you want me to walk ahead? I don't know where I'm going, so I don't think yeah. I could... And he, he kind of he yells at you if you start going the, the wrong way. 
You know. Okay. Well, now I have reason to be concerned about my little bag. Little bag. You understand me? <laughs> bag. All right. You don't have to be so personal about it. All right. <laughs> bag. <laughs> Look where I come from. It's a perfectly normal sized bag. <laughs> And you can't tell how long it's been that you have been, you know, following the odd directions of this thing as you've been walking a direction and you slowly start coming upon some sort of building. Uh, probably about 100 feet up. It, it just kind of like crests over a hill. But that doesn't seem right because it's like there's no elevation change. It just kind of appears over a horizon. It's tough to say. It's a weird place. Uh, And it's just this gray stone tower with kind of veins of blue that come in and out of it. Parts of it have crumbled away. Um, It's got a large staircase that, you know, comes up to this large central arching uh, door. This is your house. Yeah. It looks a little big for you. Yeah. Big. It looks big for yeah. you. Yeah, big. Big. It looks my size. Well, yeah. Hey, before we head up in those stairs there, <clears throat> you're a rather talkative fellow. The most talkative I've uh, spoken uh, with in only Lord knows how long. I speak. Where the hell are we? And he just points. Oh, he oh. points down. All right. Yeah, you're right. We are here. I do appreciate that. I walked myself right into that one. Uh, what's that storm over there? The storm. You see that? Storm. It's big. Big, 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 big. Right. It's eh, no good. No But good. it's my size. I'm big. Oh, no. He points off to the storm. Big. You know big. He's small. He's big. Have you been to the storm's edge? Uh, one time. Have you crossed the storm's edge? No. No times. What did you find when you were there, when you were at the edge? Fair enough. All right, well, do you care to show me around? Give me a tour of your house? Ah. Mm, yes. I have a big house where I come from. It's called the Chateau de Magnus. It's uh, <laughs> Chateau. Chateau, yes, sir. This is your chateau. This is a lovely place. uh, I'm excited to warm by your your hearth or something. By all means, you lead the way. He starts heading up these kind of large stairs to the... um, It's only... It's like a double door archway that leads in. One of the doors is gone, crumbled away. Uh... And you see them kind of walk over the front entryway carefully. 
and he goes, Meh! and kind of points down to the entryway. There's uh, something there. There's a yeah, yeah, step, step big, step big step. There's like a tripwire. There's a pressure plate. Step, step big, step big. All right, yeah. I, I think I can do that, and I, oh. I follow its lead, and I step big. You step, and kind of as you do, you do see there's a there's a you know well crafted trip line right there, um, attached to kind of a simple crossbow inside of this thing um, that itself looks like it may not work. Uh, it is old and deteriorated and rusted. And you get into this kind of large main chamber. A broken staircase leads off to the right, and there's a number of small rooms in here. Uh, the This little creepy thing kind of just juts off into one of them. You hear a n- bunch of noise, like metal on metal and bone on bone, and then it comes back. Still with the bag, but slightly smaller. And you hear it just uh, just yell, Canton! And I copy it. Canton! And from up above, uh, you hear, I'm, I'm, <clears throat> are you back? I, I'm, <clears throat> are you back already? What'd you get? And kind of this, probably 30, 40 feet up, there's just this kind of balcony up there. And this old man's head just kind of peeks over and looks down. Huh? Who are you? Oh, uh, hello there, sir. I am sorry to uh, interrupt your evening or morning or time. Uh, I seem to be lost, and your friend here was kind enough to escort me to safety. Huh. Well, that was nice of him. He's not usually that nice. That's why the staircase is busted. Well, he busted the staircase? Oh, no, I busted the staircase, so he can't get up here. Oh, I see that now. Yeah, I understand that. Well, I, I found him to be a rather amenable fellow. I mean... Huh. You must be a man uh, well with his words, then. Uh, I haven't gotten that thing to discuss anything in my time here. Who are you, and how did you get here? The only, the only other creatures I've ever seen here are those. Well, sir, um... And... I get a sense of something when I go to identify myself and, and you know, I'm gesturing with my hands and I, I see my hands, I see the black, I see the sort of Vanta black lines running through them. And something makes me think that, like, maybe I, I, I shouldn't say that I'm Zephyrus. And, and, and something in my mind says, you know, not that the paranoia is gone, not that I, not that I feel it the, as though I shouldn't be hiding my identity but maybe it doesn't matter something i don't know he's tired mm-hmm. and he says well sir uh, my name's arthur mm, arthur that's a great name well arthur are you interested in eating or drinking anything because i do have some things to eat and drink oh my goodness i have was not expecting such hospitality i am rather famished uh, your friend here I shared my trail snacks with, and, well, he's got a rather larger appetite than myself, and why well, I could do with a food and drink 
Ah, good. And he kind of just taps the little walking stick that he has with him uh, on the ground. And you hear it echo through the chamber down to you. And you feel yourself levitating. Oh, well, this is a marvelous trick. Uh, it's just me, though, right? Not my just phone. you, yeah. And yeah, the little the little thing down there, just like oh, don't worry, little friend. I will be back. We will share mm. many a conversation about uh, the land of up here, the mezzanine, if you will. Mm-hmm. Mezzanine. Yeah, exactly. Whatever it might be up here. <laughs> <laughs> I do appreciate your help, though. It just kind of kind of walks off into the room that he had in a huff. As you float up to the area up top. Well, you seem to be a master of powerful magic, sir. Oh, um, there's some, um, in my day, yes, uh, some magic here is much easier to do. Um, Anything associated with weightlessness, um, the wind, um, you know, things like that. Oh, well, how fortuitous, because I am of uh, the wind persuasion, and I kind of see my hands, and it's like, oh. Well, I, I was of the wind persuasion. Yes, what? I'm sorry. I don't know if I've ever seen a creature quite like you. you know, all dark-skinned, and let me see, and he kind of grabs your arm, and it's like, yo, very odd. Um, and you, you, you kind of see this, too, as the wind in the room kind of goes past your arm. Little just ashy particles come off like a wind of darkness just so subtle comes off of your arm. Um, and I would say this is up to you. You can either be bald headed if you'd like, but if you'd like to keep that same kind of airy wispiness uh, I, think it's, I think it's gone okay yeah i and i think this might be the first time i notice it yeah uh yeah there in this up up here there are a few items here and there there is a mirror you actually get a look at yourself and as you do you do see that wispiness kind of come off your hair just subtly it's this bald head but these dark particles just come off um Oh and and this goodness. is good. Yeah, this is this is his little chamber he's set up here. There's another staircase that leads up further. There is a pile of loose fabric. There is a short piece of stone that he uses as a table. Uh, some scavenged supplies to write with, and a number of scraps of paper, as well as just odds and ends, pieces of metal, broken bits of weaponry in here. He says, hmm, yes, you do seem to be uh, an odd-looking fellow uh, associated with the wind. <laughs> it does make sense why you would have ended up here. Um, what do you mean by that? And I'm, I'm rubbing my hand, kind of exploring my newly bald <laughs> head. Is, well, this is the domain of the Grey Roarer, a massive storm of wind. Um... Is a magnet to things like you, I would say. The Aurora, you say? Oh, yes, yes. How have did you, you heard of the Grey Aurora, or have you simply found yourself in a bit of bad luck? I have heard of the Aurora, yes. Uh, hmm. Never had the misfortune of 
finding myself on his doorstep. It's it's a tough place to get to if you want to get there. But uh, an easy place for the unfortunate, it seems. The storm outside, that surely is the Aurora? Uh, that is it, yes. That's... And you, there's a little balcony up here and takes you out there and you look off and see the wall of the storm. And he's like, yes, you see the... The wind here, even the eye we are in now, this is all, this is all the gray roarer. He, um, it, um, is a storm, but is a mind as well. It's so complex, ah. Sir, might I have the pleasure of knowing how I may address you? Oh, <laughs> that's right. Names. Um, I am Canthorn. Canthorn? Canthorn. Canthorn. With a K. I, I do remember that. Canthorn with a K. Canthorn, when I was committing it to memory, I knew that you looked like Canthorn with a K. Oh, good. I must not be so freshly off the, the boat that I forgot such things, but... Canthorn, how did you find yourself here? Oh, that's... Like I said, it's it's difficult for those that want to be here. And in a way, I wanted to be here. I'd been studying this thing, this storm, for a while. It seems it destroyed an old city. One that was very interesting to me. And I wanted to know why. And if perhaps it took anything from it, um, the odd technologies that said to have lived there are very intriguing. Um, technologies like powered by aura. Aura? I've heard of aura, but no, this was something different. It's powered by. Well. This tower here is actually something I was looking for. It seemed to have swallowed it up, but it destroyed the city some 700 years ago. Anyways, I I was curious. And so I found uh, a middleman to talk to the Roarer and asked him if perhaps we could have an audience. And we did, and... I discovered secrets of the city. And in return, I did some work for the storm outside. Uh, gained knowledge and power because of it, and... Well, now, you can't leave this place? That was the tricky part. Um, I wanted to... Depart. I wanted to conclude the business. I had learned what I wanted to learn, and was done with the partnership. The storm had other ideas and brought me here to let me know that I was still under their control and would do their bidding. And I said, no. And I should have said yes, because I have not been out of this place since then. Why don't you just go outside and shout to the winds that you accept the offer? You could be free. Oh, <laughs> the, the Aurora, the Aurora knows your true intentions. That is 
Ah, <laughs> uh, I've tried many things to leave. Spells, magics, praying to different gods. They can't hear you down here. <laughs> uh, well, it makes sense because the gods aren't real. I mean... Oh, the gods are very real. Um, but their powers are limited. Especially here. They're not allowed to touch this place. Really, any place here. The Aurora keeps them at bay. Well, just the fundamental qualities of this place keep them at bay. They, If they wanted to be here, they just simply couldn't exist. Um, they would demanifest. That's why they send their clerics and paladins and virtuous fighters to do their bidding. Well, what's so different about us? Maybe we could just demanifest or... Well, that doesn't sound particularly pleasant. I do it all the time. It's not that hard. You just think real hard about being a wispy puff of smoke. <laughs> and you do think a little bit about that. And I would like you to invoke your new racial ability. The new one? Yeah. Okay. I guess I just do it, right? Yeah. And and so what happens is you, is you are telling um, Canthorn this, uh, Canthorn this, that you just think about being Wisp and you disappear. You're gone. And to you, nothing happens, but a a small, imperceptible change in Canthorn's face as you are gone for. What is it? Say around six seconds? Yeah. Yep, pretty much. And you can reappear in the same space or somewhere else. 15 feet. 15. We'll say that, yeah, you appear kind of 15 feet into the room from where the balcony is. Like facing away from him. <laughs> oh, well, well, that you can do that. It wasn't exactly... Uh, like I meant, but see, it ain't that hard. Hmm. Something's a little different about it. I... Well, I mean, now that we have two brains working on this problem, I think maybe we could come up with a solution. I've been working on many things, studying this Tower One. Um, wait, do you want to see what it does? Gonna this point tower up. does, by all means. Yes, 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 yes. Oh my gosh, I've I've studied this so much, I've never told my findings to anyone. He's kind of going up the stairs, like grabbing some of the pieces of paper that he's, he's like, oh no, this isn't the right one. This one, yes, yes, these are my notes. And gets up to the second level, which is very similar to the, the one below, except it has this large stone table in the middle um, that has this inlet, inset stone uh hole in it and from that you just see god moldy compost kind of coming out of it that forms around into these vines that kind of stretch out to the ceiling and the wall there's a couple of leaves these massive leaves that are there they're just kind of slumped over the side of the the stone and it is it's like it's like some plant exploded in here. Also, this might be a stretch, but but how similar does this look to the scene of the library at the Chateau de Magnus? 
the plants there. There wasn't necessarily plants, I guess. Yeah, no, well, there, the there, plants there was were vines growing. and stuff yeah. that were coming in and doing that. Um, I mean, similar in some ways for sure. Okay. Uh, okay. yeah, just a, just just plants not growing that. in a natural natural way. Um. Well, seems like your uh, your dinner salad there got the best of you. <laughs> you are not too far from the truth. Um, well, I've been here for quite a while, um, uh, and there's not much that lives here. Nothing really grows, right? But uh, there's a few other ruins around, and one of these little things uh, found a small um, a daisy, a flower of some sort. Had, had actually found one and and brought it to me and I exchanged uh, what I had for it because it knew I would, would be interested in this and and I I I loved that flower um, the only green thing here uh, and so what I did is I, I placed it in in the center here as a as a way of honoring it and the moment that plant went into this hole this room exploded with flora it's i don't know how but this tower is made to magically amplify the space right here it takes magic it takes life of certain kinds and just amplifies them it's amazing well, have you tried putting like your friend downstairs up in here? Something? I've tried putting other living things in here. There's some bugs you can you can put in that doesn't work. Uh, the clothing I've the, this clothing was um, made of of wool and hemp. There's a slight change to it, but not much. It seems to grow mold quicker. Well, what if I stepped onto it? I, I, not much happens with living things. You can surely try. I do, yeah. Okay. Uh, you kind of step on, and it's it's just wide enough. You can kind of get your feet in, but, you, you know, you're worried about tripping. Yeah. Um, nothing happens. It does feel weird, though. You kind of get there, and there's, there's this odd kind of echo chamber feeling. Not of sound, but of reality. Oh. <laughs> oh. And you just kind of, you get a little dizzy for a second, but, but you know, it's fine. <sighs> Yes, you see, it's, I, it seems to be plants. If you are a plant person, I think it might work. I wish I could try that. Well, perhaps in my next life I will find a way to return to you as a plant person. But in the meantime, <laughs> perhaps we should settle for finding other plants? Well, first it of is. all, Mr. Canthorn... So sorry to get ahead of myself, but what exactly does this have to do with your attempts to escape this place? Oh well, I I would be lying if I've said I have been trying to escape this whole time. I've kind of given up on that endeavor. Um, oh, my true passion was to study these ruins, and in essence, I've been given what I wanted. So I've been studying them. I just don't have a lot of access to laboratory tools. Unfortunately, I did not bring a laboratory with me neither, but... Oh, that's fine. Your company is, is well worth it. <laughs> Look, Mr. Canthorn, I appreciate uh, the plant growing apparatus. 
of this chamber it's here. It's pretty amazing, yes. I have no doubt. Uh, but you see, I need to focus my efforts on escaping this place, and... Oh, true, true. We could work on a plan. It may take some time. I'd need to know what your skills are. We'll have to, you know, really you know, crack this nut. But but food and drink first. In the morning. <laughs> oh, why do you say it like that, Mr. Campbell? There's no sun or day cycle in time socks. Um, we can work on it. But food and drink, yes? <sighs> Plenty of drink, Mr. Canthorn, especially <laughs> if there's no time. Yes. And he magically produces uh, spirits and some food. It's simple enough. Uh, whenever you eat it, it is a bit airy, a bit full. Uh, the, the bread is, is, you know, it's got a large crumb to it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Every you know you drink the the whiskey or what have you, and it's just it's it's a little bubbly, uh, and you spend a good time going over what Canthorn's done here. Uh, ever so often, you hear that little creature below make some sort of sound, and you you have a good night here in the tower with some old wizard uh, lost in this place. Great, yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't complain about the food. I do not complain about the drink. I enjoy the company of another person, no matter how eccentric he may seem. I find something, uh, the, something warm about him. Yeah, and, uh, and he's just, just in love with with this encounter. You know, he has been by himself for a long time. You you find out over the night, and and is just just finding joy in in this. Uh, um, meeting with you uh and you find some rest and the night you sleep kind of you have odd dreams of a storm like you can almost see it from above and you can see yourself in the storm all at the same time, and it's this kind of vertigo feeling as you do it, and just this sense of unease and anxiety as it's happening. Uh, and you wake up. And Canthorn's there, writing notes down, looking at things. Ah! ah. Arthur, how are you? <laughs> Mr. Canthorn, I have never had a more fitful night's sleep, or a fitful sleep in my life. Oh, you good, sp- good. It's, it's hard to get a good night's sleep here. Um, but when you do, when you find it, when you get right there in it, ah, it's a tasty morsel. Sure. Fair enough, Mr. Canthorn. So, what's on the agenda today? I mean, are we going to leave the tower? Are you going to... Oh, I, I don't like leaving the tower myself. I send out the the creeps. Um, if you want to leave the tower, you can. I can provide you with some help. But, uh, well, why not stay? Mr. Canthorn, I am willing to venture a guess as the reason you could not find a way from this place 
as you have not ventured yet uh, further beyond your comfort zone. Look, <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Um, yesterday you said two, two heads are better than one. Today I posit that four arms are better for fending off uh, dangers, of which I had not found many out there. There's, there are some. Uh, mainly <laughs> the, the will of the storm is the one preventing it. Um, well, that's fine. We have both pledged our allegiance to the storm. We have nothing to fear. Yes, but but uh, <laughs> he 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 knows it knows the truth. It knows that. Do wait. Do do you pledge your allegiance to the storm still? Well, I don't know. For I the never, first time. Well, I don't know. I never thought about it too much. It was sort of written into my contract at birth. What? Uh, yeah, it's a whole long fiasco, Mr. Canthorn, but you see, oh. just due to the circumstances of my birth, I am pledged in one way or another or bound to to the storm, and I guess I never stopped to think about it too much, whether or not I was... If, if that's the case, you were bound to the storm like I was, and there's no escape from this place if he wants you here. Well, then he can see our true intent, that... We ain't second-guessing the cards that we were dealt, Mr. Canthorn. Hmm. And he kind of just just kind of stares off from the balcony. Just kind of thinking, confused a little. I, I thought you told me yesterday that you tried to offer yourself to the storm in order to escape. Well, I'm... I'm done with this. I'm done with the storm. I know I wish to escape, but I do not wish to do his bidding any longer. If I leave this place, I will do it with my free will intact. I will not do the things that it wants me to do. Will you if you leave? Well, (laughs) Mr. Canthorn, I regret to say that we have encountered our first... uh disagreement of a political nature. You see, I will say or do anything to live. (laughs) Ah, I see. (laughs) That is where we disagree. I wish I I was more like you. I might be out there. (laughs) Ah. Mr. Canthorn, I do not think you need to pledge yourself any being or power above yourself just come out with me in the tower find what secrets this land holds and we can explore it together this I promise you give me a persuasion check 18 18 he thinks about it for a little bit Mm -hmm. yes yes um um uh, an outing would be fine I think ah There's a number of other ruins I I have uh, yet to take a look at, and uh, the creeps do tell me that they are worth looking at. Um, uh, Let me grab my things. And he begins kind of gathering up almost everything. All the papers into, like, a bag, and and the food that he has, and the little components he has. He leaves some of the larger furniture-y things here. (laughs) Um, But he packs just about everything as, as he gets ready to... Venture off. He says, ah, all right. Are you ready? 
And he's kind of standing at the balcony. I was kind of thinking you could come back to your things. Well, I mean, you never know how long you'll be gone and what you might need. Um, Are we going to invite your friend the creep? No. Oh, you don't like the creep? No, no. He will take my things, <laughs> given the chance. Um, huh. And I like the things that I have accumulated. All right, then. Lead the way. All right, let's jump. And he jumps off the balcony. Mr. Canthorn, uh, it looks a little high for me. I'm not... And he's falling. All right, I jump. All right. <laughs> and as you both jump, he does cast Feather Fall as you both slowly float. Yes. To the ground. And he looks around. All right. Um, the creeps have told me it's this way. And he starts heading off in another direction. All right, then. Uh, and for, gosh, a few hours, you are heading this this direction. The wind kind of goes goes sideways against you. Um, and you see another small tower in the distance. This one, half of it is gone. So it's about half the size of the other one. But just above it, is this odd glowing thing. Just light. It's like this blue and this amber light. He goes, Oh, that's interesting. What about a magical lights above a tower in a mystical land? It seems rather ordinary here. Oh, like hey, these colors, you never see these colors here. Everything's gray and dull. That's why I was so excited about that flower. <laughs> but this is odd. <laughs> what could it be? <laughs> ah, and he's like picking up the pace. He's getting getting a little quicker, getting a little little excited. Yeah. Uh, and you guys approach this this half tower, and you see that there's this odd floating, uh, just just color, just pulsating light that's does like this amber color and then comes back down and then it's this blue and then it comes back down and it swirls a bit and he's like I, I have no idea what this could be well should we study it make hypotheses we have all the time in the world and he begins writing notes down and consulting like an arcane chart yes now if the blue could represent the air and the amber perhaps fire now if that were to be in the seventh sign oh no that wouldn't make sense that would be transmutation so then mr canthorn oh yes why don't you just reach up and touch it well, you don't want to interact with it until you know what you uh, might gain by the knowledge of it. You want to formulate a solid test uh, with uh, first probably some sort of dust or stone to interact with it first, then perhaps something that once was living. I and pick then- up a, a handful of, of the dust off the ground and I throw it at the... Right. Uh, and yeah, you're you're at this point kind of just standing around the half broken staircase up there, and in in the center, it's you know probably two and a half feet wide, and it pulses by about a foot. Um, and you throw some dust in there, and it just kind of spirals around, kind of like gravity is 
grabbed a hold of it. He's like, what, what, wait, what, what kind of dust? How much did you throw? And he starts writing notes down. Oh, uh, I, I threw the dust that you've been breathing now for nigh on a hundred years, and I threw about a fistful of it, and I hold out my One dusty Fistful, <laughs> and he starts kind of like looking at your hand and measuring it. Okay, and I calculate that. And that, that, that. Um, Mr. Canthorn, I appreciate your scientific mind, but I have no... No scholastic aptitude. Uh, I'm not suggesting that we hurry things along, but I'm beginning to understand why you've been here as long as you have. We aren't setting up base here. Well, no, no. The base is behind that. The is where we were before. Right, but you brought all of your possessions. Well, just in case, you know, you never know what you might encounter. This, see, well, you never knew that we were going to find this. Um, Mr. Canthorn, you seem like a mighty powerful being, um, great magics. Magics I had never hoped to learn in my lifetime. However, I suggest you hurry things along. Maybe use your magic to, you know, do something with it. I, what would you suggest? Well, I'm not the magical one, but um, and he kind of he looks down and says, "This is, this is my magics. I need to know about this to do anything to it. If I don't know it, I could, I could kill either of us. And this would all have been for naught. Already dead in a sort of way. Yes." I mean, I was going to say, but I thought maybe that's just what you look like. (laughs) (laughs) All right. It's new to me as well, Mr. Canthorn, but I don't know. This is why I think we should have brought the creep along. We could have, I don't know, put the colors in its bag or something. Put the colors in the... You think it's physical? It may be. Well, it's got dust now. It does have dust. It's swirling. It I'd like to, to do some somewhere. sort of investigation on this. Give me an light. investigation. <laughs> I'm just like a passive participant in this yeah. guy's madness. Yeah. And you, you're slowly realizing he is, he, this is what he does with these things. Uh, <laughs> he is two. willing to spend years on this before mm. he touches it. Yeah, that ain't happening. I rolled yeah. a two. A two. Yeah. Uh, okay. Um, yeah, you, you threw the dust in there. You kind of... You get your hand close to it, and and as you do, some of that dark wispiness comes off of your hand and kind of enters into this thing. And you pull it away, and you're like, oh. Did it hurt? Did it feel weird? Okay. And then you you hear something from... It sounds like it's from far away, but you know it's from this, this mass of colors. And it sounds like wolf. And it sounds like they're saying, I fight for Zephyrus. Mr. Wolf! Mr. Wolf! And I get I get as close as I can before I feel that, that, that uneasiness, that weird mm-hmm. feeling. And as you do, you immediately are sucked into this thing as it just pulls you and your body elongates as it spirals into this thing. And you hear the old wizard just... Arthur! Very interesting. <laughs> and you are whisked away from this place. This this odd, glowing, magical color has whisked you away, and you find yourself in the Chateau de Magnus 
on a bright sunny day in the main chambers the doors double door front door behind you closed and you see it's not like you remember it there's these curtains over everything brightly colored you see the paintings are also not worn and other paintings are up Uh, you hear the odd noise the din of a house with people in it doing the daily tasks and chores birds outside and up on the balcony where the portrait is you see you see a figure that looks like one of the people in the portrait hello there well hello it seems my cousin has found his way here Cousin, is that you, Gaston? Why, yes, uh, Arthur. Uh, I thought you were long ago dead. I've only seen paintings of you and read your journal and all that. It has been, uh, I dare say, my means of keeping my identity hidden have uh, gone over well then. I've tried to make sure no one knows that I still live. Well, all right then, uh, Seems like being in a house full of people is rather contrary to that aim. Uh, this this whole this whole thing is but a manifestation of the ironbound Abolith. The creature below the chateau that that bird. The copper man. dragon. We've met the copper dragon. No, no, not the copper dragon, no. He's the one I gave ownership of the chateau to after I left. That's no, the uh, Ironbound Abolith, it was the uh, creature in the dungeon. Oh, right, the dungeon. Yes. Uh, the water and all that. Exactly. Seems your friends have partnered up with the bird that killed you. Which, so I must ask the question, <laughs> how have you found yourself here? In spirit, I assume. Well, what? You tell me you are in a spirit? No, no. I am a psychic manifestation of the Ironbound Aboliths. So you're not actually Gaston? Oh, no. I am. I am him. He has put, it seems, everyone under his spell for the moment. I've been in similar situations. It was trying to tell me some sort of truth of how it deserved to be set free and not destroyed. And, and yeah, my... you just locked it in a dungeon instead. Exactly. I returned to one of my happiest memories, the last day that I lived here. At the Chateau, that is. Well, you're telling me that living at the Chateau wasn't the greatest time of your life. Oh, uh, what I'm telling you is that the uh, leaving the Chateau behind me was the greatest day of my life. Uh, this place brought nothing but pain for our family. Everyone that left has done better. But it seems you and your friends have decided to take up ownership here. Well, I do have a lawful writ of ownership. <laughs> you believed it to be lawful. I had sent that to your family. 
some time ago as a token of appreciation for their silence on a few matters. It what, was not on uh, what issue are you speaking <laughs> of, Gaston? Oh, family secrets, and specifically the reason everyone had to depart from this house. Which is? Family secrets. Gaston, I know that our fathers are cousins and all that, but that makes us second cousins. You can, which is family under common law. What I'm saying is it is not my secret to divulge. It is mine, my brothers, my sisters, my fathers, and my mothers. And through some strange twist of fate, you decided to rope me into this business. That was on you. I didn't think anyone would take up ownership of this dump. I told them that it was in a swamp and it was full of haunted monsters and beasts. I don't know why they gave it to you other than you being the odd child that you are. And I must say, I advised against the deal with Eben and all of that. They asked us their opinion back in the day, and we didn't think it was a great idea, but they went for it, and you suffer all the consequences for their good fortune, it seems. So you're telling me that after all this shit I've been through, this place ain't even mine? Well, it wasn't. No. But I've made a deal with your friends, the uh, Wolf Pack. We're trying to destroy the Ironbound Abolith, that thing that lives below. That's the last item on my list to button up for this place. The Copper Dragon that I had living here before has since vacated, so our deal is annulled. He was a rather amenable fellow. He seemed to recognize my rightful ownership over the Chateau lands. Oh, he's he's amenable, that is for sure. Worked out well for a number of years. But your friends said that they would help. we, we, We came to an understanding. If they would destroy this ironbound abolith which I have enacted a plan to do so, this is just one hiccup, then the chateau would be yours. Well, you and your friends would all own it rightfully under the king's name. All right, then. Well, what's stopping? uh, What's the holdup? What's the hiccup? Well, we've got to get through this psychic dream first and then wake up and... Hopefully, my ritual will succeed, and the Abolith will be destroyed. Huh. All right, then. I did not foresee it doing this. I imagine your friends of are all participating in an equally upsetting dream of some sort. So you're telling me the storm and the tower and that old madman Canthorn is all just a part of my dream? The what? The storm. What storm? The dusty hellhole that I was in. I don't know what you're talking about, Arthur. You didn't have anything similar to that. No, you just showed up when 
I changed this. And y'all at all surprised by my showing up? I, like I said, I don't know why you're here. I'm half assuming that you're part of the dream. I'm half assuming you're part of my dream, Gaston. You are Magnus. <laughs> <laughs> well, all right, don't go blowing my whistle too hard there. Perhaps you Look, there were... was a whole there was a tower with a colorful light orb and if we could bring my friend Canthorn back. Canthorn. Crazy old wizard and type. That does sound familiar. Think I was researching him in relation to Yes, in relation to the deal that your family made. He came up. He had made a similar deal with uh, Eben, it seems. How deep does this deal run? Of course, I knew that they bargained away something or rather. Here I am paying for it all these years later. But what does that storm have to do? What does Canthorn have to do with it? I don't know. I, I, I re, we, the family researched and that was a side note, it seemed. We could never track down the man. Many people have made deals with entities like this uh, for power, and we tend to real we tend to think it does not go well. That's what the whole problem is in the chateau at the moment. Is a deal's been made with the ironbound Ablith, and deal been made with that creature. Who made a deal? Well, the creature that killed you made a deal, Uh, and this creature, the the kobold. Strix. Uh, yes, yes, he made a deal as well. So he is key to destroying the Ironbound. Cord be damned. Cord? I, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. I did not realize you were a follower of Cord. You think I'd be taking Cord's name in vain and showing up at Temple every Saturday morning? Um... I, I don't believe you go to Temple. Uh, Look, Gaston, the hell we ought to do to get this thing over with? I don't know. It seems that something's brought your soul back to the Chateau. I just don't know what. Well, you're the monster hunting type. You tell me what I got to do and I'll do it. Well, let's take a look. And he kind of starts floating around, because this is a dream, and he's getting control of it. And he starts just kind of floating through the house. You see him leave. Leave. And then leave. And he comes back, he's like, Aha! I think I found what's happening. Uh, oh, uh... Tell. If, if, come up to the master bedroom. And he kind of floats up through the ceiling. I try to float up through the ceiling. Give me an intelligence check. Okay. Sorry. Um, I guess it doesn't matter because that's a crit. Oh. Or a um, or a nineteen. If you want to get technical, <laughs> hey, there we go. There we go. <laughs> Uh, but that is a success. You are able to float up at will, and you float up through the ceiling into the master bedroom, and you see 
Gaston looking at the center of the room, and you see these kind of ghostly images of Adrian and Eben playing a game of chess, but with no pieces. Gaston? Yes, I I do believe something is going on here. This is not from the day I left the chateau. This this is from right now. Wait a minute, you're telling me that we're dealing with the Abolith, but you're in a dream about when you left the chateau and I'm in that dream? What's that? Years ago? 100 years ago? 90? Wait, how it's, long? 50? <laughs> it's, a man, it's a manifestation of my current mindset. Why doesn't it look like my current mindset? Because you're in my mind? I'm not sure how the mechanics of this work. Well, I'm beginning to think that you are a manifestation of my mind. And this is what I think the manifestation of your mind looks like at the Chateau. That's the most logical a reasonable explanation of this whole thing. Um, How else would you have even here playing with my friend uh, Adrian? What, you know this man, Adrian? Charming fellow, quick with the tongue. He helped <laughs> me play some bets down at the Coliseum there. Uh, Sang a song about our deeds. Yeah, yes, that's, that's, that's him. You, you do know him. And even you know, I assume, the one that made the deal with your family. Unfortunately, I have the misfortune. Um, here. It seems they are playing a game. And I believe they are playing it for your soul. I've seen a game board like this before, and deals like this have been made with such games. Uh, no, 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 no. I am in full possession of my soul. Thank you very much. You tell uh, them to no, go ahead and- no. Your family made sure of that. Made sure the storm below was in possession of your soul. The Aurora. Yes. My eternal soul, like the one that... The one that Cord gave you. Um, well. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm just trying to be, you know, polite. Fine, fine. The one that's in Cord's good book... Yes. It seems Eben is playing for it, and your friend Adrian is ponying up quite a bit to make Adrian, sure... Adrian, how does Adrian hope to stand a chance against Eben? Eben's always been playing four-dimensional uh, games and whatnot. Well, I, I would say I know Adrian as well. He's a bard in town. You get to know these people pretty well. Let me show you something. Come on. Come on downstairs. You seem to have made a great friend with this bot. I am impressed. I don't know what he sees in you, though. Well, perhaps it's my... Well, perhaps it was my rugged good looks and charm. <laughs> yes, it seems you have changed a fair amount. I never did see you when you were born. Uh, were you like... Eben and Air Genasi? Yes, you mean blue and wispy? Yes, uh, it seems whatever has happened to you has changed that, has tainted your oh. elemental spark. I somehow didn't notice that I'm now not blue anymore. 
Yes. Also, my hair, did you notice that? Well, I guess you never saw me really before, but... No, I never saw your hair before, but bald is a good look. And you do see that Gaston is bald. Oh. I mean, he's got a little bit of hair on the sides, a little, like, dark Picard thing. Yeah, Picard. You, you You both descend down into the main chamber, and you hear a knock at the door. And Gaston kind of looks at you and says, Well, I I think Adrian might have uh, your better intentions at, at heart. Uh, you, you see, there's a meeting right now I have with the uh, future owner of this place that will be taking control of it when we leave. Uh, how about you go introduce yourself? I'm sorry. Arthur. Gaston, before I open that door, is this a meeting you're about to have... The day you left the chateau, or the day that I'm resting peacefully, it's the memory of a dr- of of the day I left. That is, at least part of what we are living in right now. I don't know what the hell it is about us Magnuses and cryptic riddles, but fine. And I march over and I swing open the door, and you open the door, and dressed in fine green and leather, and this blonde, long hair, and these ears, you see Adrian say, Well, hello! I am Adrian. I'm uh, supposed to be meeting with Gaston. I'm supposed to be uh, <laughs> taking ownership of this chateau. It is so good to meet you, as, you as, as he holds out his hand to shake yours. Adrian, of course, we've met before. <laughs> I'm sure. And that's where we're going to leave today's episode. Thank you all for joining us around our proverbial podcast table. I've been Alex, your DM. With me today has been... Rhett as Arthur. Grab your swords and keep on adventuring. Follow us across all platforms with Chaotic Amateurs. Please subscribe, rate, and review our show on your podcast app of choice to help us climb the charts and find new adventurers. Or become a patron on Patreon to help our heroes continue their quest. Thank you for listening to Chaotic Amateurs. Chaotic Amateurs.